the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer. Today we will hear a classic message from Bishop Greer. We believe this word will bless you, so let's get into this classic teaching as we continue our previous broadcast. And he's saying, now sin is kind of like the personification here of the devil. This crouching is the idea of a lion who is stalking, uh, you know, a part of a flock or or what do you call them? Uh, uh, Yeah, right, there you go. And he's crouching down. He's in the thicket. He's watching these animals and he's waiting for his opportunity to pounce. And you see... We're blessed of God, but when we take hold of sin and weakness and failure, the enemy's like, I got you. That thing's going to weigh you down. You can't outrun me now. And he pounces. He says, sin is crouching at the door. Sin has an appetite. It's insatiable. It's hungry for you, your children, your mom and dad, your great-great-grandchildren to the fourth, fifth generation. You're hearing me. Sin is crouching at your door, and it wants you. It's passionate about your destruction, killing you, thieving, and stealing. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. You must learn to have self-control. You must learn to deal with yourself. You must learn to let me help you when you're dealing with emotions that start running wild. Sin is present on the earth now, Cain, and you must learn to master sin. A lot of us say, well, I'm saved by grace, and now because I'm saved by grace, I can just live however I want to know. You're saved by grace so so that grace will empower you and equip you to become a master over the things you used to do, the way you used to live, the, the things you used to think. Sin is crouching, but you must rule over it. You must show yourself commander in chief over sin. Is that what scripture says? Now, Cain said to his brother Abel, he ignores God. He ignores the pastoring and the shepherding. Be careful when you hear God's word and you just make a choice. You know what? I feel sad. I feel hurt. My feelings, God. And you go and do your thing. And God said, I am truth. Now, what's the master in your life, truth or your feelings? See, whoever you yield to serve, Scripture says, is your master. And your feelings become an idol, a false god in your life. When you just do what you feel. I don't always feel like doing the right thing. But my feelings are not my Lord. I am not an animal. Animals do what they feel. I made in God's image and likeness. Whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to do by God's grace. With his help. What's right. I know you think the same way. Now Cain 
said to his brother, Abel. See, when you get out of fellowship with God, you begin to lose fellowship with all the others in your life that are righteous. He said to Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, he didn't come and club him. You got to see God's, God's graciousness. His kindness leads us to repentance. He wants the boy to come to himself. I still love you, Cain, in spite of the deed. And instead of pointing a finger, he appeals to the, the boy's conscience. He said, where is your brother Abel? Cain, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Sarcasm. And in this next verse, you hear the Lord's broken heart. What have you done? Don't get the image and idea that God's out there just trying to curse people and, and limit people, reduce. He loves people. The only reason any of us are cursed is because we made a decision to step under a curse. Curses are rooted in reasons. A curse undeserved will not rest. He said, let's go out into a field. Premeditation and deceit. Some of us think his only sin was murdering his brother. No, there was a whole truckload. He also said, uh, God said, listen, if you do what's right, what? You, you, won't you be accepted? But there was a hardness of heart. And we get hard toward truth. And, and we have our opinions. This is the, the attitude of Cain. Then he outright lies. I don't know where my brother is, but when's the last time you saw a dead body move? He knew exactly where his brother was. Where he left him dead. And then the worst, I mean... Hate is better than indifference. I'd rather you, 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 you love me or hate me than to be indifferent. Jesus said it this way. I'd rather you hot or cold than lukewarm, indifferent. But what does Cain show? The depth of his sin. Am I my brother's keeper? Indifference and sarcasm. And you think God said, boom. No. He's having a conversation. Trying to draw this man back to him. In fact, he goes on to complain, we're not going to cover this. He said, this, this judgment, this curse is too much for me to bear. And God said, listen, I'll put a mark on your head. Says when a person sees you, they won't kill you. He was still showing grace to this murderer. Yeah. Yeah. See, God is not your enemy. And please do not mishear my teaching or the Bible's teaching on the subject of curses. God is still the only one for you. But God is just. And he has released certain things into planet Earth. He said, listen, these blessings will come on you when you do this and believe this and walk in this. And certain curse will come on you. Now, you choose. Now, when you choose the curse, I'm not going to undo the curse. Because I'd be undoing your choice. But I am going to give you a way of escape, though, even when you make those choices. And that's why Christ came to redeem us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. But we can put our curses on Calvary's cross. Know that he uh, uh, exhausted the penalty. Do us uh, through the manifestation of any curse. Then God says to him, he said, what? Listen. Cain's problem is he was feeling so sorry for himself, he couldn't hear God. And sometimes we're so into our emotion. What do I feel? Mom and dad was nicer than able to me, and, and I didn't have that birthday when I was fifth, but Cain had the birthday, bought him a horse, and, and, and you know, and, and all this stuff. And girls like him better than me, and you know, all this stuff. He's so busy into that stuff. He couldn't hear God had already spoken to him. I warned him, stop it. God's still talking to him. He's still talking to each of us. He said, listen, 
Shut up, basically. That's the uh, NDV, the New Derek version. <laughs> he said, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. He's saying that even nature itself cry out against our misdeeds, even if no one on the planet other than us see it. I wonder with the soil around our homes. I wonder if our walls could talk. What they'd be saying. Verse 11. Listen carefully to the language. Now, because of what you did, that whole truckload of stuff, you are under a curse. I want you to notice God did not curse him. The statement in the NIV is more revelatory. He's not saying I cursed you. Curses were already released on the earth. He said, now you're under the curse. It was revelatory. God was saying, Now, man, you're no longer under the fullness of my blessing because of your deed. You're under the curse. If you hear God's heart and it's breaking my heart, he still loved. God looks at us. He says, man, in spite of the cross, in spite of all of the things I've been sharing, you're living a life under curse. And it breaks my heart. And and the purpose of this, this series is to bring revelation God's not cursed you. You may have cursed yourself. And if you turn back to Christ, you'll be free. Let me back up again. If curses weren't real, why did Jesus have to become a curse? To redeem us from the curse. Jesus is not redeeming us from imaginary things. He's redeeming us from legitimate factors and forces in life. He said, now you're under a curse and driven from ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. See, curses tend to appear in your area of disobedience. You disobey with money, it seems to show up with money. You disobey in relationships, the curse seems to show up in relationships. Please understand that, that there's a, little, there's a real devil. And sometimes even you haven't done anything wrong, he tries to do things in your life. And I, I can't explain it all. But you see, the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee. So if the devil comes and after resisting, he ain't going nowhere. It's probably because he's found license and right. And before the father, you say, I bind you, devil. And the devil said, listen, father, your word says. And he's on the wrong side of your word. I have a right to be here. And God has say, yeah. So what he does, he sends you to church, the 830 service at Grace. You hearing me? So you can hear a word that will set you free. A curse causeless or undeserved will not rest on you. No matter what no witch doctor do or does. If there's no cause, it won't come. Cain worked the soil and was not obedient. What was the problem? He was not obedient in his offering. Are you obedient just in your worship? I mean, I, I know sometimes I'm just singing, and I sense God, no, no, son, what's that? I want your best. And then in an instant, whether I feel it or don't feel it, I begin to worship him out of my mouth. 
Are you obedient in your worship? Or are you just, okay, 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 when they do good, I'll do good. Maybe if they'd sing it better, I'll know. Don't just be led by your emotions. Obey God. He said, when you work the ground, it will no longer yield its what? Crops for you. What do we keep seeing? We, we see that curses limit our fruitfulness. If you're in a place in life that you're always short, always behind, you, you, you're always without, you, you never have quite enough, you might be dealing with the curse that you've not placed on Calvary. You might have some things in your life you've not turned from, or repented of, renounced. There might be some things in your life that keep opening or giving license to the adversary. And God wants to cut them off and cut them out. But you keep choosing to go down that same road where you get the same results. But you pray long prayers thinking that that's going to fix it. God says, no, stop it. And when you stop the thing, you close the door, particularly if you've repented from the curse. Repent, renounce, get it on the cross. We talked about that last week and stop it. And God speaks. He says, because you're under this curse, you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. No longer a farmer. If you can't rest, if you don't have roots anywhere, no stability, maybe you're dealing with a curse. Cain said, and I guess we are covering this. He said, my punishment is more than I can bear. It's too much. Today, you're driving me from the land. You see, the, the land that received the blood, the area of the, that, 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 that the, the misdeed was done was the area of the curse. And you know what? You may be, have a legitimate call on your life, but because of the curses you released in your life, you can't fulfill it. He was called to farm, but now he can't farm. He has to be a restless wanderer. He began to take camels and they move from place to place and probably steal other people's food who were farmers. And then the, the key, I mean, the, the big piece here. And he says, today you're driven from the land and I will be hidden from your what? Cain apparently still had some access even after the fall to the presence of God. But when you're dealing with curses, you can't sense the presence. Everyone in the room uplifted hands. Everyone holy tears. But you're like, what's that? It may be that when we talk about the presence of God, you don't get it because there's some things you're not repented of, things you've not renounced, things you've not placed on the cross, things you haven't turned from and stopped that cause you to be locked out of that presence. Luke 6 and 28. Say, Bishop, I hear what you're saying, but there's some other scriptures coming to my mind. And walk me through them. Jesus says this. He said, listen, guys. I want you to bless those who curse you. Pray for those who what? Jesus teaches that a disciple should never curse based on a personal vendetta. Let me tell you something. I'm not into cursing anybody. My job is to, to help put people back together. I'm not trying to reduce them. Limit. That, that's not my thing. And a true disciple with a true heart from God, he doesn't take what I've said thus far and run off and start cursing people. Jesus says, bless those who what? Curse you. Pray for those who mistreat. In other words, leave judgment to God. Leave space for God. Don't you upsert uh, uh, God's authority and you try to play judge and, and jury. 
When people do you wrong, you bless them, you love them, you pray for them. And then Paul says in the book of Romans 12 and 14, the same guy who released the curse on the congregation says this. He said, bless those who persecute you. And what he said was not a personal vendetta. You're not a witch casting curses on people. He said, bless and do not what? Because God's going to settle the accounts when it's over. You need to be like that young lady who wept over the person who rejected them. When when someone begins to curse you and you're doing the work of God, you feel sorry for them and say, oh, dear God, help them have a change of heart. May they not get under the curse that comes with such behavior. You know, have a harvest. Lord, open their eyes so that they may see what they're doing. When you realize that, that there are real curses out there and the ultimate curse is damnation and hell, you pray differently. First Corinthians 4.12, Paul's personal testimony. He said, listen, guys, we work hard with our hands. Paul wasn't one of these pastors that had everyone else do the work. He'd roll up his sleeves, too. He said, when we are cursed, not if, but what? Listen, if you walk with God, someone's bound to curse you. It's just somebody going to try to say things against you and about you to limit you with other people. And if they're into witchcraft, they'll, they'll even use that crazy stuff. I don't see as much as that today, but I do see uh, some of that still. And he says, when we are cursed, we bless. I don't retaliate. You see, the cursing we read was not Paul's personal retaliation or him trying to get even with folk. It was something else. He said, when we're persecuted, we what? Endure it. So again, Personal slights, personal feeling hurt is not the cause of, of, of curses here. All of Paul's curses had to do with preserving the gospel or the house of God. When we go to the book of Galatians, he cursed people that were preaching false doctrines. He does it twice. And let's, let's read just one curse, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go back to Corinthians 16. Paul is speaking by the Holy Spirit. This is a curse. Never get involved in a split. You hear me? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. These curses come from people coming against God's house, his work, or against the gospel. Paul says, when you begin to put your mouth on righteous works in the righteous house, you open your life up to curse. People sometimes think after service they're having me for lunch. What they don't realize, the devil's eating their lunch. You know, people, you know, they're real rebellious, real argumentative, and they think they're so smart, they don't know that they don't really know a whole lot yet. And, and uh, you know, they, they, just, they, they just think they're up there. And they come to church that way. But they get away with it for 10 years, but they don't realize their child's been watching them. You see, they didn't submit and yield to authority. You submit authority is not always agreeing with it. It's just having a pleasant attitude. It's thinking the best and giving the person the benefit of the doubt. So then their kids grow up with this snooty, rebellious, obstinate attitude. And guess what happens? They're cursed in a place God intended blessing. You hear me? Don't mess with the house of God. Don't play with it. Play with some other stuff. Don't, don't play with this. He said, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. Did it say anyone? Is he speaking to church folk? For God's temple is sacred. 
back to 1 Corinthians 16, 22. Paul says by the Holy Spirit, if anyone does not love the Lord, if anyone insists on keep playing church after all of the things that have been spoken to you, just let it be. Let that person be cursed. Now let's watch in the uh, the book of Malachi, uh, chapter 2 and verse 1. We're going to watch Malachi spell out the blessing, I'm sorry, the curses that come on those who refuse to love the Lord Jesus. In the book of Revelation, he puts it this way. Those who are not hot or cold, I will vomit you. I will throw you up out of my mouth. How many know being mixed up with vomit is not a blessed thing? Verse 1. And now, chapter 2, you priests, this warning is for you. Who's he speaking to? The priests, right? These were the called out amongst the called out. Okay? These are the blessed of the blessed in the entire bunch. This is the Old Testament equivalent to you and I. Those whom God has blessed with special blessing. We can see a parallel. Verse 2. If you do not listen and if you do not resolve to honor or love me, the New Testament's calling for love. Here he's saying, just show me respect, but love does show respect. If you don't make a decision, if you don't from the heart begin to honor my name, says the Lord puny. Yeah, the Lord Almighty. Now, why does he say such language like I will send a curse? This is tricky. You see, the curse has already been released. And basically, he's taking responsibility for his justice in our economy. He said, I'll take ownership of what happened to you. You see, Scripture says in one place, you know, if you don't forgive, God eventually will give you over to the jailers and they will torment you. Now, God gave you over to the tormentors. So you could say, yes, God judged you, but ultimately you judge yourself, but not forgiving that person as God forgave you. You track with me? He says, if you don't listen, and if you don't resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you. And please watch this. Watch this closely. I will curse your blessings. What does a curse blessing look like? We are blessed of God. But we know. Like a dark shadow's limits. It's just a ceiling. I can't get past. I'm, I'm diminished. I, I know there's a grace to do, but I can't get to it. And, and everything that could go wrong seems to go wrong and keep stopping me. I will curse their blessing. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly place. But those who do not love the Lord and honor him, I will diminish or make less the blessing that would or could be yours. I will curse the what? Your, your blessings. That's when God blesses you with money and you just put it in your pocket just to find your pocket has holes in it. That's what the prophet says. God blesses you with a new home. But then you've got to live with this ornery man or woman in that house. I mean, I, I could go on and it'd get ugly. But what we have to do is repent, renounce, put the curse on the cross where he redeemed us, and then quit it. Stop it. And we can be free. He said, I will curse your blessings. Let me tell you something. I'm like, God, kill me, but don't hurt my children. Children are a blessing from God. But the Bible says certain things, they would, they would uh, 
be manifest to the third, fourth, fifth generation. He said, yes, I told the devil, go ahead. I have already cursed him. I told the devil, go on, you do it. You know, the devil said, well, you have, he has a right to your life. And I said, go ahead, do, do what you got to do. That's what Jesus did to, to, to uh, Judas. He said, that, you know, Judas, go do. That's what he said. Go do what's in your heart. Go do it. And he went and did it. Judas didn't realize he was under a curse. Okay. He said, yes, I've already cursed them because you've not resolved to love me, to honor me. It didn't come from the heart. And the heart is my throne, the place I live, the place I rule from. You didn't honor me. God's saying, I just don't want lip service. I want to see honor and love in your deeds, your attitudes, your beliefs, your behaviors. Anything short, as far as the father's, you got to understand. When I married my wife, I came to understand that she's not only my wife, she's God's daughter. And that's helped keep me. From, from being more obnoxious than I already am. But you need to understand that God, Jesus is God's son. And how you treat his son impacts his attitude toward you. And he's not just any old son. He's a son that in innocence hung on a cross for you. Do you hear me? And how we respond to that son determines often how God responds. Yes, I've already cursed them because they've not made a decision yet. They're kind of in and out. They've not resolved to honor me. You've been listening to a classic message from Derek Greer. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org slash salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.